Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. All right, everybody, calm down now. We have another great show on the Tech Cat Show. I just returned from South by Southwest in Austin, so um, a little sluggish from all the tequila, but very excited to be interviewing today the fabulous Babs, who is the global marketing, um, what would you call it? It's IX division. You're leading marketing for IBM's IX division. But more importantly, Babs is kind of famous in the innovation world, in marketing, and in the agency world, because for many years he he ran, um, he was vice president of global communications planning for Unilever, and really anywhere there was anything cool happening with the packaged goods company, that's where Babs was. So it gives me great pleasure to uh, introduce Babs today on the Tech Cat Show. Let's have a big hand. <laughs> Everybody, calm down. Sit down. Sit down. Okay. Fans go wild. <laughs> <laughs> hey Laura, how are you? I am doing good. A little, a little sluggish, as I said. I know you're trapped in a in a snowstorm on the East Coast. Yeah, we've had quite a blizzard here the last couple of days. At the end of March, which is so crazy, or mid March. Well, Babs, tell us what you are up to, because again, you and I have circled around each other at your role at Unilever for many years, and you were always doing really innovative things as the head of global marketing there, and really. Um, charting sort of the future of how a packaged goods company should work in, in digital channels. And you recently moved over to IBM. So tell us tell us what you've been up to. Yeah, no, I think um, I had a great time at Unilever. It was a great run. I was there for 14 years. But one of the great things about being at IBM is that um, we actually do a lot of the stuff that, um, you know, I think general companies talk about doing in the future. Um, we're kind of at the center of the revolution of the things that are happening and changing. So it's very exciting to be here. I lead global marketing for our IX division, which is our digital division. Um, it's really to go about um, getting in touch with marketers and CMOs around the world um, to showcase kind of our capabilities because I think you know many people in the marketing world don't necessarily know um, how much and what IBM is doing in the marketing space. And my job is to really uh, make sure they're well aware of that and to talk to companies about the kind of things we can do to kind of elevate them to the next level of digital marketing. So is it very different for you now to be on this side of the fence in this ecosystem since you were client side for so long? Uh, it, it's not that different. You know, one of the great things about IBM is it's um, it's a combination of things. It's a brand in its own right. We're one of the biggest marketers in the world. We're also a management consultancy, and we're also a tech company. So I kind of have, um, I would call it the best of all worlds here. So I wouldn't um, put myself in one particular bucket. Uh, and that's that's one of the reasons I came here, because I really think it has, you know, we have a perspective that's it's really different from any other kind of digital solution out there, whether it's a digital agency or it's a management consultancy or a digital media company such as, you know, Google or Facebook or whatever. We are kind of um, a little bit in the space of all of those areas. And how, how did you get started in this crazy world? Because even your role at uh, Unilever was pretty impressive. Like, what can you give us a sense of how you charted your journey? Yeah, it's actually a cool, uh, it's a kind of a cool story. <laughs> I worked at a very traditional big ad agency when I first started my career, uh, DMBNB. Back then, it was when ad agencies kind of did everything in marketing from advertising to media to production 
to all that stuff. And, um, you know, I was in a very traditional role kind of working on Procter & Gamble, which is kind of fundamentally about a sound of a company as you can be in marketing. And then in, uh, in kind of the mid to late 90s, uh, I had my first child, and I happened to be working on the Pampers business, Proctor's Pampers business at the time. I was involved in building the first ever Proctor website, which was called Pampers Parenting Institute. And one day, when my son was just a few months old, he, um, you know, he was kind of fussy, and it was kind of a tough morning. I, I went into work that day to open up the website that I was working on. And it said, uh, Babs, happy three-month birthday to your son, Ryan. He's probably a little fussy right around now because typically kids start teething at three months. And I was like, oh, my God, that was the most <laughs> message I've ever received in any form of marketing in my life. And right then I knew that I needed to be a part of um, kind of the digital revolution. I felt like the Internet was going to transform every aspect of marketing um, and I really wanted to get into it. So um, I spoke to some people internally there. Uh, I, you know, I don't think they really got the sense um, of the dramatic and rapid things that were ta taking place. So I left to go to um, what was then one of the hottest internet uh, consultancy type shops. It was a startup company called Agency.com, where I was responsible for kind of starting their advertising division. They were primarily, you know, uh, website developers and uh, site builders and so forth. And um, I was there to really kind of help start the. Uh, uh, the advertising part of that. Um, so I got my I got my start on the digital part of it there. I spent a few years there during the huge dot com boom. Uh, I was you know rich on paper as you say. <laughs> and then and then the bust happened. Um, and in two thousand and one, when it all seemed to be coming apart, and the stock tanked, and the company was um, in dire straits, I left to go to Unilever. Uh, for a number of reasons. One, one of them was um, it was close to home. They were based in Greenwich. I led media for the um, home and personal care division, which was based there near my home in Westchester. And, um, and then, uh, you know, they were at the time kind of very traditional in their approach to marketing. And, and I was there to help diversify their mix. And I did some work to really lead us in becoming more digitized. Uh, and that, uh, you know, we had some good success there to the point where we got named uh, Advertising Age's Digital Marketer of the Year, um, which was typically um, uh, not uh, <laughs> awarded to companies like ours. It was more like Nike and, uh, you know, BMW and companies like that. So it was, it was a great moment. Um, they ultimately moved me to London, uh, where we're headquartered to do that on a global level across categories and across countries um, to help kind of infuse digital across those areas in communications planning and the creative development process of digital of overall uh, advertising assets. Uh, I spent five years there uh, and I moved back to New York in uh, 2013 and spent some time uh, building an incubator uh, for kind of what's next, uh, connecting um, startups to brands. And then uh, at, the, at the same time, I kind of um, went back to school to get a master's in interactive technology, which I thought, you know, I didn't really want to be this kind of um, uh, ivory tower digital guy. I really wanted to understand it at a core level because I knew that my next role was going to be uh, much more in the center of kind of the next revolution. And uh, so I did that. And then shortly after, actually the day after I graduated on a, 
on a Saturday, and I started at IBM that Monday. And what did the what did the masters do for you? I mean, did you find that it was really plugged into? Or at least going back to school, was it plugged into what was really happening? Because I know a lot of um, school curriculum is struggling with keeping up because we are in this disruptive moment in time. That master's was fantastic. I mean, I started off just um, doing it because, like I said, I wanted to get closer to uh, the actual activity and the uh, dramatic changes that were taking place across technology. Um, I also wanted to be able to do things at a more personal level, such as, you know, I love kind of doing multimedia blogs and creating content for my kids and, and editing videos and whatnot. Um, so the degree was a combination of all the stuff you get from Adobe, a Premiere Pro, Illustrator, Photoshop, a photo ed- video editing, all that, as well as um, base level coding, um, as well as kind of the, um, you know, the theoretical part of digital um, everything from kind of the impact on uh, intellectual property, on data, and all that. So it was a great combination of things that I really wanted to become more of an expert at. So I wanted kind of the intellectual part alongside the business part um, because, again, I knew uh, long-term, uh, I think my goal was to really, you know, uh, create a company in that space. But even uh, in this next role, I really wanted to um, just get more, become more of an expert at it. And I tend to be a very, you know, curiosity-driven type of person in this stuff and things I love and that. So it was fun. I also was on the, uh, I'm on the advisory board of Wharton Business School as they try to create a um, kind of a curriculum for the, for the digital age. So that kind of got me into that as well. Got, got you more involved. Um, yeah, because I teach um, a marketing class in content and tech at Loyola. And one of the reasons I'm there is because I'm living and breathing it. And so I'm always wondering at these universities how they're able to correctly bring the latest to their students, you know, if they're not not hiring people that are actually working. Because this space is like changing daily, right? Yeah. No, I think, you know, people often ask me, how, how do you stay on top of things? How do you really, um, you know, maintain some level of expertise uh, in, the, in the kind of digital space? I think it's a three-pronged approach, one of which is on-the-job training and, and doing work in the space. That's kind of the most important area, I think. But, you know, the two other areas are, I always like to say, live the space, you know, do it yourself. So even if you don't necessarily understand or are interested in things like, you know, Snapchat and Twitter and, uh, you know, iPads, devices, whatever, I think you should force yourself to use them um, uh, to just get a better understanding of how a consumer might interact with those with those places. I think that's one of the best ways to learn. Um, I always like to say, you know, people who were, you know, kind of under 25 or whatever were born into this space, so it's very natural for them. And people over 50 tend to have teenage kids, and they're just worried about it, so they try to use, um, use some of the technologies just to get a better handle on what it is their kids are doing. And then all those people in the middle were kind of uh, – you know, a little bit of the lost generation. I feel like um, those people more than ever tend to make up the vast majority of business and those people are the ones that really need to live the space themselves to become experts. And then the third piece is the learning part. So, you know, whether that's training, whether that's going back to school, um, whether that's uh, going through some sort of, um, you know, workshops or whatever, I think those are important as well. So that three-pronged process as well as the part about just maintaining curiosity and, and, and regularly reading and watching everything, 
um, is really the way to stay on top of things and be an expert in the field. Well, that is a great note to to take a quick break on. And we're going to be back. I want to talk about what your focus is at IBM, because I know in your bio and in your talking, you talk about how you're you're focused on end-to-end. So I want to hear all about what you're doing at IBM. We'll be back more with Babs, who I'm actually calling, well, I've called you many things. (laughs) But to me, you're like a new media guru of sorts, right? Um, So we'll be back with Babs in a moment. You've been called worse, right? <laughs> we'll be back with Babs in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And we are back with the fabulous Babs. Babs, tell me how you say your last name because I abuse everybody's. And you're just known by everybody as Babs. Like no one calls you by your last name. I just go by the one name. So (laughs) Uh, it's uh, Rangaya. Rangaya. Okay. Well, Babs is kind of like the share of marketing. (laughs) My my son has a great Twitter handle called That Gaia. So it's uh, it's like it rhymes with that. So it's Rangaya. Oh, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're back to talk more about Bab's new role at IBM, where you are running the IX group. Or explain to us what exactly your role is there. No, I'm not running the IX group. So IX is our digital division, and I lead the marketing of that. So one of the things I noted when I was at Unilever um, was that uh, in the old days, or not not even that old, not that long ago, kind of the ad agency was the primary right hand for the CMO. Um, they were kind of the most important as it related to recommendations for strategy as well as um, in the executions and uh, really it was the one that the CMO went to to solve big problems as it related to communication to marketing. In the last five to ten years uh, that has changed and especially in the last few years where um, ad agencies weren't necessarily, didn't necessarily have the capabilities to fulfill that on an end-to-end basis. So all of a sudden, you know, when things like social media and data and mobile became of more, uh, much more critical importance. Um, clients were hiring multiple agencies of rosters, so they had the ad agency roster, but they also had, you know, a social roster, a mobile roster, and data and all that. So, um, and the problem was, you know, the integration of all those things became much more difficult. And 
some holding companies did a nice job of buying agencies in all those different areas. Um, but I think they have struggled to be able to bring those all together in an integrated fashion. They all have different, you know, separate P&Ls, and you typically don't get to work with um, the best of all those agencies uh, or, you know, uh, ad tech companies within a holding company. At IBM, we are truly, I mean, it's one company. It's not a holding company. It's a company with multiple assets that you can work across the board. And so when we work with a client, we can do everything from, you know, we call, we're called IX because we create experiences because, you know, in today's world, you know, with advertising being so difficult to penetrate to consumers, whether because of DVRs or ad blockers or whatever, you really have to create engaging experiences that could be advertising, that could be content, that could be utility, it could be entertainment, it could be a number of things. But what we do is we focus on the user and create an experience that um, that is really engaging for them that gets a marketing message across. And then within that, we make sure that it's made for mobile, that it's visually social, that it's personalized, leveraging data, and in our case, cognitive um, via Watson. And then we run that through through our commerce solutions, and it's all um, underpinned by a technology platform that allows you to easily optimize and measure um, what you're doing from you know from a true end-to-end basis. So I love that aspect of it. I loved um, being able to find a company that can truly provide a solution across the board. And and our capabilities are incredible. I mean, they are striking. When I see, you know, you look at the things that IBM has done in history, you know of our technological prowess. But now, you know, so we've made some acquisitions of digital agencies and creative shops. Um, so that combination, I think, is very powerful now. You know, now it's just a matter of, um, you know, working with different companies to be able to uh, showcase that and do great work. How, how do you know with so many great um opportunities within the company where to plug in for a solution i mean do you guys have a process where it determines okay we're going to use this piece of our company or this piece or this skill set or this technology well again one of the great things is when you run a when you work on a piece of business and you're the client lead you have access to all the different capabilities that we have Um, whereas if you're at a a particular agency those capabilities might exist with another agency or another ad tech partner or even another company within your holding company, but it's much more difficult to just bring them in to be able to provide a full-service solution where we can literally, you know, work with anybody within the organization to say, okay, you know, I'm the client lead. I find out you need this, that, or the other thing, um, and we can bring them in. And there's several examples. I mean, you know, we're doing things for, you know, for GM, for example, you, you know, you'll look and you'll see the cars will be, um, we'll have an, a system within the car that's all powered by Watson where you'll, you know, you'll be able to, as a, as a, as a driver of the car, you'll be talking to the car and say, oh, Watson, play my favorite song by Gaga or, you know, where's the nearest McDonald's or whatever. And, you know, we have a number of different systems that are used to help build that. Or, you know, for the North Face, we built a, um, you know, a solution that really makes uh, shopping much more personalized. So when you go to any of the digital assets of North Face, it's, um, you know, you and I will all get different experiences when we go to their website or their, or their mobile service, whatever, because it will be highly personalized um, in a cognitive manner, which is kind of the, uh, you know, I'll call it the secret sauce or whatever, but it's the, it's the key part of how we differentiate. It's it's just um, amazing to me, too, that how IBM could have gone the way of a lot of companies who were very big at one time 
and then just kind of got disrupted. But because of all the things that you're talking about, IBM is more relevant than ever. And can you talk a little bit about Watson? Only because everybody is talking about Watson and it's, it seems to be everywhere. And I know people are trying to wrap their heads about what it really means. I mean, Watson is just an incredible AI technology. Um, and we call it cognitive as opposed to artificial intelligence because it's not um, meant to kind of replace humans, but rather augment the power of humanity. Um, so, I mean, it's just an incredible technology. It is really one of the um, unique uh, propositions for us. Um, I think, you know, if, if the Internet was powerful, artificial intelligence will just take it to a completely another level. And we're seeing that. And right now, if you, if you look at some of the things that we're doing in healthcare, it would blow your mind. I mean, um, you know, there was a great story in the Watson Experience Center about a, uh, there was a kid who had some sort of, um, uh, you know, something was wrong with him after he just visited a foreign country. And he went to a bunch of doctors over the course of nine months, and they couldn't really figure out, they couldn't pinpoint what was wrong with him. He continued to be ill. And, um, and then, uh, you know, we decided, or the hospitals decided, you know, to try it using Watson to be able to help identify um, the issue. And Watson read every New England Journal of Medicine ever written oh my in, gosh. in 10 minutes and then merged that data with all the data from the various doctor's appointments um, and the insurance reports and all the notes and everything, brought that together. And within just a few hours, he was able to... Uh, identified to a 94% accuracy rate what the disease was. And, of course, it was right on, and, you know, it turned out to, um, you know, the kid was better uh, in a very short time because they were able to identify it and then provide the proper medication for it. I mean, that is the kind of thing that um, is world-changing, not, not just marketing change. So it almost feels a little bit, when we talk about it in terms of marketing, it almost feels like it's... Uh, not get not truly talking about the full power of Watson, but you know my focus is really on cognitive marketing and using it for that. But um, overall, the things that we're doing with Watson crosses multiple industries, all different sectors, and different aspects of business and life that um, goes way beyond marketing. And what are clients, IBM's clients, then coming to to ask you? Like, what are you hearing all the time now, now that you do sit on this end-to-end platform? What are they coming to ask you for? What kind of help do they need? I mean, from from what I've seen, again, I, you know, I haven't even been here a year yet, but I think when clients come to us, they basically offer up a challenge. They offer up a problem or something that they want to do better. And what we do is take that challenge and then utilize our assets to figure out how we can solve that. I mean, it's a classic management consultancy type approach, but what we have is the technological tools that few others have. Um, and, you know, no one has Watson, obviously, although it is an open API. And, um, and then we're able to provide solutions based on whatever that, uh, whatever that challenge is. And it's different for multiple clients. Like I said, you know, you know, with GM, it's the fact that, you know, cars are now basically computers on wheels. How do you really tap into that? How do you leverage that to make sure you're ahead of the curve? You know, with a retailer or a product like North, it's really about how do I create a more personalized shopping experience? You know, um, we did this great thing with Marquesa, which is a fashion designer, how to think about capitalizing on all the different trends around the world in fashion, where it used to be or it still is really very much the designer and his creativity and his team and thinking about, you know, how to make the next great fashion piece. And, and we created the first cognitive dress um, where a model walked down uh, in the Met Gala. So, so cool. 
<laughs> with with a dress that was based on you know a cognitive approach and even had sensors in it and lit up depending on uh, um, the uh, social media um, kind of uh, you know comments that were coming out and it lit up in different colors. But obviously it was all positive because it was such a big and uh, fun time. I think, and that was more of a pilot, but it can be used in so many different ways and so many different manners. Um, you know, we're also creating Watson ads. How do you do that? <laughs> so <laughs> you will see that uh, coming out shortly across the board. We've been using, you know, we own the, uh, we acquired the Weather Channel, and we started off by using it specifically on weather-based um, products. Um, and uh, what we're doing is the way the ads work are basically they're kind of a, a Q&A session. So you feed Watson a bunch of data about a particular company. And it acts as almost a consumer services as well as an advertising-based uh, solution for anybody that goes into the ad. I, can, I don't know if you shoot out information to your listeners later, but I could um, show, show you some examples of how it looks. But you will see that um, across multiple platforms very shortly. Um, and you know, anybody that wants to talk to me about that surely can, and we can start looking at creating, because the thing about it is there's a, there's a, um, uh, kind of onboarding time because what you have to do is first fill Watson with the data about the product so that he is prepared to answer any questions. And then, then what, what, what artificial intelligence does over time is it learns the behavior of the user. So the combination of the data and the questions and answers with the people and their behavior allows him to learn in a way that coding does not. To not let it do. Um, and is Watson a he? Because you said he. Well, you know, I don't <laughs> <laughs> named after a he. I'm not sure that we've, uh, I'm not sure it's gender specific. I'll have to get into, I'll have to check into that. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculously exciting um, what's happening with Watson. And I, I hear that all the time from everybody that they're using the API. So I'm, I'm looking forward to more things being um, revealed there. Now, we, we need to take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk to you about some other marketing trends that you think are significant, both from a business perspective, but also from a personal perspective, because I find that folks like us get the most excited when we can apply it to our own lives as the consumer. And so our homes tend to be filled with crazy things. So I can't wait to hear (laughs) what your house is filled with. So we're going to be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with Babs to dig more into this crazy world we're in right now where disruption is everywhere, but Babs is, is leading the charge on really helping to create end-to-end solutions for um, serving clients' business. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. 
This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. And we are back with the fabulous Babs. And we were just chatting offline. You know, you hear about all the wonderful work you're doing at IBM and, and the role that IBM is now playing. And so I have to think, well, what role are agencies going to play when somebody like IBM comes in and does offer end-to-end? What do you think is going to happen to all these holding companies? I think the thing that agencies have to do is just um, they have to make sure that they are much more skilled in the areas that are most important moving forward. And that is really, you know, things like data and technology and being on top of the changes rather than chasing them, but being out in front of them, which is, you know, which I think is, um, is kind of where we are. Um, I think they have to do a better, I, they have to do a better job of integrating the companies that they acquire um, to, you know, to be able to, you know, utilize the talent as well as the technologies of those companies. I think one of the big, you know, big issues in the whole agency world is that we're kind of in the middle of two things. You have, um, you know, the young people coming up who probably have some great technological skills and knowledge, but don't have the classic marketing uh, learning from years of being in the business. Um, And then you have the opposite on the other side. So I think there's a talent issue to, um, really fulfill so many different agencies. Um, but I also think structurally and organizationally, they just need to make some changes to become more nimble, to allow them to utilize more of their different um, parts of their holding company. Um, and of course, have more of a focus on um, not just creative. And creative is always going to be incredibly important, maybe even more important as things become more automated, but certainly in the data and technology area as well. Well, I think um, also the biggest challenge, I think, right now for agencies is to know what to focus on. And so speaking of that, what other tech trends and MarTech trends are you most concerned with? Like, what are the things we, we talked about AI and obviously the role that Watson is playing a tremendous role in leading the charge there. But what, what are some of the other um, tech trends that you think are really impacting our business? Uh, well, I think there's several. I, I think um, I don't know how much you follower know about blockchain. Yes. I think blockchain is going to have a huge impact on payments and invoicing and a lot of the back end stuff. Our CEO, Ginny Rometty, actually says that blockchain um, will do for transactions what the internet did for communication. So, I mean, that's a very powerful statement. And, um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of uh, work in it recently and um, it is it will be a completely game-changing technology. I think the the key to that is to just get wider adoption. And once all the banks um, start adopting um, the kind of, um, you know, the underpinning technology for it, I think you'll see that happen. It'll, it'll benefit a lot of business and a lot of industries, but I think that's a big trend and, and something that a lot of businesses have to uh, get their heads around. What's uh, going on with blockchain? I know, and everyone know, is, was so worried about, <laughs> about Bitcoin but it's really the underbelly of Bitcoin that has, I think, longer, you yeah. know, longer relevance. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, there's cryptocurrencies, but there's um, blockchain is uh, kind of the uh, the fabric by which um, those currencies live, 
and uh, will maintain. And so IBM is actually very involved in blockchain, one of the few non-banking related companies that's kind of at the center of it right now. But it, it does have, um, it's going to have a huge impact. You know, when exactly is hard to tell. Is it going to be two years? Is it going to be five years? I don't know. But um, that technology will be will be a, a will have a huge impact and influence on businesses. Um, certainly, I think uh, education is especially the university education systems is going through tremendous uh, changes, and I think you'll see. Um, you know, obviously, the current university system. And I know this well, having a kid in college and another one on the way, and another one a few years later. Um, you know, the cost and lack of flexibility when the capability of learning online is, is growing so fast um, is going to come to a heat because, um, you know, that's just not a sustainable model. And I think you're going to see some, some disruption in that space. Um, certainly cybersecurity is, is an area that um, both people and businesses will want to get um, on top of because, it's affecting so many areas. Mean, you can just see in, in the political arena, in the government, in companies, uh, data that's being stolen and hacked and all this. Cybersecurity is going to play a big role and is going to be a huge business. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, if you look more closely to uh, where we are in kind of the marketing world, I think you'll see some things. I mean, IoT. Certainly, um, sensors and the Internet of Things is going to impact um, multiple businesses. Virtual reality is going to be very big. When you see Mark Zuckerberg pay the kind of attention he does, I love what he said. He wants his kid. He wants to, he said, you know, his grandfather, you know, showed a picture. His parents was able to show a video of their kids. He wants to be able to provide a virtual uh, reality experience for his family, for his child. Um, and obviously with their, uh, with their funding and acquisition of Oculus Rift and what they're doing there, I mean, it's anything, anything that Facebook gets that behind you know has a chance of, of getting real scale. And I've, and I've tried um, a few of those, and it's kind of an amazing experience. So I have to believe um, that yeah. that's going to be important. I just went to Certainly the – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I just went to um, IMAX's VR experience here in, in L.A., you know, the theater. Yeah. Um, they just opened it up, and they had, like, five different experiences. And some of them were, you know, fantastic and mind-blowing, and some of them were a little not ready for prime time. My biggest concern for VR is just the distribution, like, how are people really going to consume it? You know, because yeah. not everyone's going to have those headsets. But I love the idea of, like, hanging out with my grandchildren wherever they are, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's right. You're 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 exactly right on the barriers for uh, adoption there. You know, that's why you know, kind of 3D glasses never work. Nobody wants to carry around another piece to be able to engage. But the virt- but the if the experience is so great that it's worth wearing that, then I think people will. And I think what I've seen what I've seen in virtual realities has been pretty extraordinary. So we'll see. And again, you know, if Facebook, I don't know what Facebook is planning with that, but if you know, again, Zuckerberg's a smart guy. He's rarely wrong in what he bets on, and um, I would bet that they would be able to bring some bring virtual reality into the Facebook experience over time. That will probably be the way that this thing really takes off. Do you think um, the um, iOS, the new iOS phone, will will uh, drive AR adoption? Um, I think September is probably when it's going to come out. It could. I mean, again, Apple, like Facebook, can scale things very quickly. Um, and uh, if that's a great experience and it's something that people can easily use, I mean, the thing that always drives these things is simplicity 
and and experience. And if, and if you can get both of those things, they will scale, and you know they will be game changing. So you know that that's kind of open to uh, you know how the experience is. Um, I think certainly cars as computers are a big. I mean the, the changes that are happening in cars are unbelievable. Everything from automatic uh, self driving to you know, artificial intelligence inside to all of that is, you know, it's really going to be a, you're going to see cars going through significant changes. I think drones also. Um, yeah, and, yeah you know, drones are like so much fun. There's so much fun yeah. <laughs> the stuff that's happening with them. What about what's in your house? Do you have uh, you, do you are you someone like me that is always getting the latest thing? And I have a closet filled with like Etzel, you know, Etzels like like Betamaxes, you know, like like I always get the latest thing. But then if it doesn't go on to be anything, it just goes to the side. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have closets full of stuff. I mean, even when I was a kid, I was one of the first to get Atari and in television. I was. You know, I actually was the only kid who had a video camera at college in the 80s. So I have I have video footage of us in school that very few people have. I had, uh, I had an Apple IIe computer very early on. So, I mean, I've always kind of been into that. Um, yeah, certainly my house is probably more uh, di- digitally um, advanced than some others, but... Um, mostly what I have now is just a connected household, which is, you know, we have control for with tablets on the walls that controls everything from the music to the television to the temperature. I've got my, you know, Alexa in the kitchen where I'm always yelling at her. What's the, <laughs> what's it going to be like today, Alexa? You know, right, right, right. So she's great at that. Um, I have, you know, my kids are, my son is like a gaming Phenom, he's like almost too much, so he's, he, we're going to have to calm him down a little bit and get him outside. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, like, he's literally looking to quit sports to play eSports. And, you know, for guys like me from my era, it's like eSports is not a sport. And then he shows me, you know, all these uh, leagues and everything that's going on in the eSports world and the money that, uh, you know, gamers are making. And I'm like, wow, you know. <laughs> it's real. It's very real. Yeah. Sport. yeah. I mean, it's not going to make you strong and fast, but. I guess sport sport doesn't necessarily have to be what it what it uh, always has been, and um, you know I got of course you know the Apple Watch and and all that. So I try to get the uh, advanced stuff, but I don't think I'm like uh, you know again I'm still old, so uh, to some extent I still don't see as naturally the things the kids just get with you know that I have to learn. But like my daughter is classic. She's like <clears throat> tell me some story about how. You know, she was giving me some quiz. I'm like, oh, where'd you see that? She's like, Cosmo. And I'm like, Cosmo? I've never seen you read a magazine in my life. She, <laughs> she's like, oh, no, it's in uh, Snapchat. Yeah. So within Snapchat, in the content section, under you know, discover, in the Discover section, she reads the same things that, you know, people might have read years ago. But, you know, I wouldn't know that. And she, uh, that's just the way that she ingests that kind of, or my, or my little guy, he's uh we were watching a playoff game, and I said, uh, oh, turn it to the game. He's like, what channel is it on? And I said, oh, it must be – it's a playoffs. It must be on one of the networks. He goes, which ones are the networks? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, uh, right. And, and the fact that he said that out loud, I mean, we know it. We know yeah, it, but he doesn't right. even know what that word network means. Yeah. He's like, you mean like ESPN? <laughs> I'm like, right, well, right. yeah, yes, but that's not, you know, one of the big <laughs> networks. yeah bother to explain after that because it's so foreign to them so um so you know so we're you know we've got a lot of stuff but certainly no one has everything i you know 
mostly the technology now is coming out in, in whatever the new app is of the week. Right, 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 totally. We're going to take another break, but one thing I wanted to ask you just is, what what do you think is a big trend coming down the pike that brands and um, consumers or businesses are going to be looking at? Like, what's the, the, besides AR and VR, is there anything that you think people need to be paying attention to right now? Well, I think, um, I mean, in kind of, a, if I guess you're talking on a more short-term basis, I yeah. think messaging yeah. is, is huge. Um, I think it's, uh, it's changing the way we can, communicate, especially in, in a global sense, in developing an emerging market. So I think we have to really start thinking about using messaging as a marketing tool in a very different way than, uh, than we do today, if we do anything today. I don't, you know, I don't know how many brands are really capitalizing on that. Um, I think that um, looking at different um, areas as media channels, such as cars and things like that, I think are an important thing to think about. And I think from a retail standpoint, um, the, uh, the the digital wallet and the different payment systems are something that brands really have to start considering. And, and not only the payment system, but the entire commerce, uh, the, the entire approach to commerce. I mean, if you think about the fact that Amazon is building a store where they're not going to have people working in it and you just walk in, take stuff and walk out. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. It just gets built to Amazon. I mean, if that's, you know, if that's the future, brands better start thinking about their entire organizational structure from their customer uh, retail standpoint to all that. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's much of what the money and time and effort is organizationally spent in manufacturing companies, you know, will have to shift. Um, and I think, you know, actually, you know, part of that is, you know, if you look at the fact that Unilever buys a company like Dollar Shave Club, I mean, much of it has to do with the fact that, you know, they're looking at all these different um commerce models and have to get some learning, if nothing else. I mean, it may be an expensive way to get learning, but they have to because those things are changing uh, pretty dramatically. Well, we're going to um, take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to find out a little bit more about how people can follow you and um, what IBM is up to next. What, what are the cool things that we should all be reading and going to and and uh, being able to be, to be as, as educated as you are. So we're going to be back in a moment with the fabulous Babs talking more about digital disruption and, you know, how to create really great end-to-end experiences um, based on his role at IBM on the TechCat Show. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities 
strategies in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. And we're back with our last segment with the fabulous Babs, who is, I guess your formal title is Executive Partner Global Marketing IBM for IX. Is that is that correct? That's right. Uh, and we've been learning all about um, the things that Babs is looking at and how IBM really stretches across to create an um, end-to-end solution for its partners and clients. So how do you keep up? I know we talked about your master's, but what are you reading to, to, uh, to keep up? Where are you going? Where do you make sure you are so that you can learn the most? Uh, well, my favorite thing is going to see Lori's uh, tech event at at CES, where she shows up <laughs> all. That's like about 95% of my learning each year comes from you. So. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, we'll have you back on the show just to say that. <laughs> That's quotable. Tweet that. Tweet that. Yeah, get that out. Get that out. No, but I do. But honestly, it is. I mean, I think certainly people like you who have um, shows and events like you do, I definitely learned a ton from that it's from the events themselves. Um, you know, can South by Southwest, um, all those events um, are, are all great. I think, you know, reading things like Mashable, uh, Business Insider, and then, uh, you know, so much of it is curated now that I don't know where it originates. So even on Apple News or Smart News or um, really Twitter, I'll read an article, whereas in the old days I said, oh, did you read that article in the Times or did you read that article in the Journal? And now I'll just be like, did you read that article? Great article. And in terms of where it originated, it's harder to tell now because you're getting all your news in such a curated manner. So, um, you know, it, it all comes together for me. It's, it's all very curated. It's very targeted. So the subjects that I'm hearing about um, and topics that I'm reading about are very much what I've registered for in the various spaces. Um, but I think that combination with, like, as I said earlier, the content from the events that I go to from, from, you know, experts like yourself in, uh, in providing that information is all, is all great. And, and living the space myself and, and then getting the education and doing the work. I mean, all of those things, um, are what you kind of need to do today to be able to truly have a full 360 view on the things you need to know to succeed in this, in this business. Are you someone that every morning you get up and you do your Twitter feeds and you read your, you know, your, um, the different feeds that come in and the news and Mashable and all that? Or is it more like whenever you can take breaks during the day? I definitely wait. I mean, I wake up very early every day and read a bunch of stuff before the day really starts. And I got used to that because in a global role, in my last role, um, we had a number of calls at four in the morning. Um, because that's where, you know, London was opening up. So, you know, we'd be up early all the time. So I got very used to that. And I really am kind of up from 5 a.m. to 9, reading all the papers, physical and digital, all the news, all the feeds. Um, I'm posting my own stuff. Uh, you know, even LinkedIn, I get a lot of great stuff um, coming in from LinkedIn. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty regular, I'm a very heavy, I'm a news junkie, always have been, and I'm a heavy social media user. So yeah, that's definitely a lot of uh, the places and a lot of areas that I get. Yeah, I think I don't think people understand that that's part of it, right? That you have to operationalize how you intake, um, yeah. you know, information. And so I know you go to Cannes and you're going to have a big presence there through <laughs> through IBM, and you you attend CES. Do you go to D Mexico as well? Is that another big one for you? Yeah, I mean, I've got you know all of I've you know it, I don't go to all the the only one I've go to, I've gone to every year now for a decade has been Cannes, but I have. Um, uh, even longer than that, actually. I, I went to Cannes back when no one went to Cannes except creatives at ad agencies. <laughs> right, um, right. You know, literally 12, 13 years ago. But I, uh, yeah, no, I go to South By, I go to Cannes, I go to DMAX, I go to um, CES, um, and then I go to smaller events throughout the year that pop up. Um, sometimes I'll speak at them, sometimes I'll go to, you know, just listen to a particularly great speaker, um, you know, MMA, uh, um, IAA and the internationalist, all those have events that, um, if it's the right speaker and the right topic, I go to. And what, what do you want, um, brands to come and talk to you about? Like what, 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 um, what are you looking out for? Well, I mean, I think for brands and myself and some part of it, again, is to just kind of create the awareness of our capabilities. But what I'd really like to talk to brands about is, you know, it's just kind of like the early days of the internet when you're first really looking to do great digital work. You know, I was at agency.com, which was a company that was very much centered in that space of helping brands when, you know, traditional agencies weren't able to do it at that level. And I think at IBM, I will say it again, our capabilities are striking. And I wish when I was at, uh, at a brand at Unilever, I wish I knew of this type of capability because it didn't really exist until very recently. Because even then, you know, IBM hadn't necessarily made the acquisitions and built the infrastructure to a- operate in this manner. But now we have all of it. We have the technolo- technology and data prowess and the creativity of, uh, of agencies. And, you know, we can do some things that um, for any particular brand that I think um, they will find fascinating. So if they want to talk to me about that or doing anything in the cognitive space or running uh, Watson ads or doing an artificial intelligence uh, type uh, campaign or program or pilot or whatever, I'd be happy to chat with them. And when you, just because this is so fascinating to me how IBM has sort of stayed relevant and is now leading, um, would you say that IBM is a technology company then? I mean, what is it now? Because it is offering all these end-to-end solutions. I mean, I think, and by definition, it's probably a management consultancy. But like I said, it's, it's really a player in all aspects. It is a marketer. Without question, it's one of the biggest marketers. Um, it is a brand, it is a consultancy, it is an agency, um, it's a lot of things, and, and, and it is able to capitalize on all those things together, which is kind of a unique approach uh, to helping brands in today's world, which is, you know, again, the reason I came here. And we can find you tweeting away at Babs26, is that what it is? Uh, yes, at Babs26, that's right. And then you're also very active on LinkedIn as well? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on Facebook. I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm on Instagram, all those other things. But I think from a business standpoint, Twitter and LinkedIn is kind of the two areas that I think I really, um, you know, publish the most and, and take in the most. 
So you'll be someone that everyone should follow to really keep up with all, all of these, um, the latest trends, once you get to leave your house again after the snowstorm. It's all pretty much died down now. I had... Um, I asked my son to shovel the driveway, and, and he said, no thanks. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, even, for ca- even for cash, he wouldn't do it? <laughs> well, at first I said, uh, Jack, go shovel the driveway. And he said, oh, man, Dad, it's freezing outside. I'm not going out there. I'm like, I'll pay you. And he said, no thanks. <laughs> oh, my God, he turned down the cash. I love that. I love a whole that. Different, a whole different era. Yeah, it really is a whole different era. Um, yeah, that, uh, that would... Yeah, no, I had to do stuff too. If I had said no, um, you know, I don't even want to talk to you about what would have happened to me if I had ever said no to my father. It it wasn't a question. It was was an order. I know. (laughs) Now now it comes off as a question, a request, which he seems to to have the ability to say no to. So I'm either soft or the world has changed. I don't really know. I think think the world has changed, but maybe Watson will help us with parenting. Shovel It's going to be so awesome. All right. Well, we are wrapping up with the fabulous Babs, who is the executive partner in global, of global marketing at IBM for the IX Group, doing all sorts of wonderful things for their real end-to-end solutions and taking all the great learning that Babs had as being a, a client at a global packaged goods company and really leading innovation there. It's so much fun to talk to you, and you really have your fingers on the pulse of things. And I love your advice about... You know, even as a high uh, high executive, a senior executive, getting your hands, you know, in there, getting your feet wet, and and doing this stuff yourself, I think I think that's huge. Yeah, no, I think you have to in today's world. Otherwise, you'll get left behind in a hurry. So check out Babs. Follow him at, at Babs26 on Twitter, on LinkedIn. He'll be at Can doing all sorts of wonderful things. And where can folks learn more about all of IBM's offerings? I mean, if you just go to the IBM website or if you want to reach out to me, like I said, I'd be glad to meet with you and uh, take you through all of it. But it's, it's, uh, we have a great um, Think Marketing blog as well, uh, which is kind of curated by Watson as well and provides information that's uh, personalized to you as well. So lots of great places to go. And, um, you know, we have a great way of distributing it. Well, thank you so much, Babs, for joining us on the Tech Cat Show. We will be back next week with, with someone fabulous, hopefully equally as fabulous, although it's hard to imagine that right now. Oh. <laughs> thank thank you. you so much for joining us, Babs, and thank you all wow. for listening in on the Tech Cat Show. We'll be back next week. Take care, yeah, everybody. Doing it. Great chatting. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 